Friday. The sun is shining. There's a three-day weekend ahead of us, and it's episode 100 of the Unraveling Technology Podcast. The stars are aligned. They are aligned. I'm here with my favorite people, uh, David Johnson, Adam Willerton, and our special guest today, Tim Burkill. Hi, thanks, Joe. Thank you for joining us, Tim. You're all welcome. How are you doing? Good. Very much looking forward to a three-day weekend. Yeah. Yeah, me too. As are we all. It's, uh, it's May the 4th. May it be with you as well. <laughs> and with you. <laughs> <laughs> what have you all got lined up for your three days off? I got a wedding. Um, wedding on Saturday, coming back here on Sunday. Uh, and then my wife's working on Monday, so I don't know what I'll be doing then. It's very much wedding season. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. David, you always seem like you've got a wedding to go to. Uh, I don't have a wedding to go to this time. Um, do you have a barbecue, though? Barbecue, okay. Barbecue yeah. to go to. I hear the weather's going to be quite good. I hope so. Yep. Uh, I've got so. beer festival tonight. All right. Whereabouts? Mm. Sheffield Uni. Okay. It's really good. Here every weekend's beer festival at Sheffield Uni. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am. Um, I'm going to. I'm going segueing. Um, <laughs> right. This is the reason you asked us all what we were doing, <laughs> so you can just story story, just, story top <laughs> throwing it in there and just segueing. Um, in fact, who, who was it? Someone said to me the other day, might have even been you, Tim. I said, I'm going to segue in this weekend. They said, wow, you, leave a, you lead an active life, you know, oh, Japan. And then the sensory deprivation tank, oh, which I have to tell you about. Gotta tell you what? About. And uh, segue in. And the truth of the matter is that before we went on holiday, me and my wife sat down and said, right, we've got all of these vouchers and like virgin experiences and stuff. Let's book them. Otherwise, people <laughs> will go out of date. So... The next few months of our lives is just going to be incredible. Experiences. So I'll be burned out from all the experiences. Every other experience will seem really, really dull. Yeah. Well, I've done Japan now, so everything seems dull by comparison. But yeah, I'm just going to pretty much... Have we got time to talk about sensory deprivation on the podcast or no? Because I really want to know. Yeah, what do you want to know? Well, how deprived are your senses from (laughs) (laughs) staff? Pretty deprived. (laughs) It's kind of, so it was in a place uh, in Manchester called Float Level, and they've got these three big pods. Sounds funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, right, so in your head you imagine that Simpsons episode, don't you? Yeah, Where Lisa that's and exactly what I pictured, go. yeah. Yeah, it's, and that is about the size of a, about a bath, isn't it? Mm. This was actually quite big. You could have fit three people in this one that I was in. And it's, um, you get in, and it's very salt watery, so you're floating it. Um and before it's actually it's not just the pod you got a whole room to yourself a whole nice low lit room and it's got a shower in the corner and you got the pod and uh yeah you, you you get in it there's music and light for the first couple of minutes and then it all goes off and it's all dark does and it fade out or does it just like suddenly so, shut off <laughs> <laughs> now it fades out it's i'm it's probably not very clever science but before you get in they say here's some earbuds stick these in your ear uh, so that you, no water gets in or anything like that. And the, the, the more you compact it in, the better you'll hear your heartbeat, which is why a lot of people go. It's meant to be meditative. So you get in, and I thought, oh, well, the way that you tell when your hour is up is they fade the music back in. So I thought, well, if I've got ear stuff in, how am I going to hear the music? How will I know when my hour's up? But I don't know. I think they must pump the music through through the water or something like that yeah yeah because that's that's what you're lying there your ears totally clogged up you hear the music really clearly Hmm. it's bizarre but yeah it kind of all fades out for an hour and then at the end the music starts playing to the point where because you've been sensorily deprived for a whole hour you think can i actually hear that music or am i just imagining it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and unfortunately that would have been the first thing that i imagined because the whole time i was in there i didn't go crazy and start having vivid hallucinations or anything really that episode of the simpsons lied to me <laughs> so what is what do you do is it is it no it's not boring i imagine no it's it's all right okay the first five minutes because it's five minutes until the lights go off and when i came out of and and my wife was in another pod and she came out and she said, yeah, that was, was good. The first five, when the lights went off after five minutes, though, you did kind of think, oh, another 55 minutes of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it kind of flew by, mm. really. 
I didn't even have time to think all the things I wanted to think while I was in there. <laughs> so what, did you try and meditate when you were in there? Or? Uh, no, I don't really know how you meditate. Just clear your mind, don't you? That's, very, that's to... easy to say until you've got absolutely nothing else to occupy you but your mind. Yeah, but that's that's why you practice, isn't it? Well, I only had an hour, didn't I? And I was too buzzed from the fact that I was in there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> just hyped up in, <laughs> in a little sensory de- deprivation chamber, just buzzing. <laughs> it's great. The instructions on the website it says like a couple of hours. Well, don't don't have any caffeine on the day you're going in. Okay, don't eat anything after uh, like an hour before you're going in. It's all these different rules. You're not swimming. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I think it's something to do with. I'm guessing it's to. I don't think it's even to do with with floating. It's. I'm guessing to stop you going crazy or something. If you drink five cups of coffee, down a. Maybe it's because so you don't need the toilet or something. Could be. Could be. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it was a, it was an hour, and you get out to give you a big drink of water, and you just leave. <laughs> was it continue on back. into the rest of your life yeah. was it life changing no it was not especially life changing I'm glad I did it and I might I'd probably do it again at some point but it wasn't like a revelation would you recommend it yeah I suppose I would Yeah. is it expensive well I got it as a Christmas present uh, so I didn't know how much it was but when you're sat in the waiting room, the pricing's staring you in the face. So I kind of couldn't help it. I think it's the 35 quid for an hour. Mm, that's better than I thought it But they be. do do memberships as well. So you can get all these different tiered memberships and you can go back multiple times a month if you wanted it's to. Is an hour the limit you can do in one session? No, you can do 90 minutes if you're feeling really Ooh. brave. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Push yourself. <laughs> yeah. But the great thing is you, you close the tub and you open it yourself. And uh, when when you're inside, you open it just by pushing the roof. So like after an hour, the lights come back on, kind of dazed, like just fumbling for the top of the dome to push it open. It's like Neo at the start of the Matrix or something. It's like, I emerge. (laughs) Hatch from your egg. (laughs) Yeah. It was very egg-shaped as well. Yeah. But, but, yeah, we got out of it and we were walking. And I said, what what did you think to my wife? And she said, yeah, it was good. I... Like I did a lot of planning for work and stuff while I was in there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good that you're putting it to good use. She was complaining it made her aware of all of her paper cuts. Yeah, yeah. So when you get in, because it's high salt water. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they say, don't touch your face. (laughs) um, Because if you you touch your face and your hands have been in the water, it's all salt water. It gets all in your eyes. So there's a bit where... My wife was in there and she got salt water on her face and they put like a, a little spray thing, a spray bottle of just normal water in so that if you do get it in your eyes, you can just spray it out. And she said she got it in her eyes. And she was like, ow, ow, kind of fumbling in the dark around <laughs> this egg, trying to find this this little water bottle that was somewhere suspended from some kind of rail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was good. Cool. And you'll hear all about Segway next week. So. <laughs> <laughs> Turning to Joe's experiences rather than anything else. Yeah. But enough about me. we got some tech stuff to talk about. Uh, so for, first of all, this week, um, I've been hearing a few things about Telegram. So I thought we'd maybe have a little discussion about Telegram, what it is and why it seems to be being banned everywhere. So uh, Telegram is uh, it's a chat client, kind of like WhatsApp, which we're all, which we're all au fait with now. I'm quite late to the to the WhatsApp train. I think you are too, David. But, yeah. But so uh, yeah, it's, it's it's good, I suppose. Um, it's uh, yeah. Well, well, Telegram's a bit like that. And Tim, do you use Telegram? No, or, I don't. Or bit or WhatsApp. Yeah, it's sorry. WhatsApp. Okay, okay. Well, it's, it's a messaging program, and it's. For all intents and purposes, it looks very, very similar to WhatsApp. I was doing yeah. a comparison, wasn't I? You were <laughs> flipping backwards and forwards between the the Telegram app and the WhatsApp app. And mm. I think one of them had a, a blue background and one of them had a pink background, but every other element on the screen looked identical. Yeah, the, the two ticks after the messages, it's all there. <laughs> so the reason that this has come to everyone's attention is because last month it was uh, blocked in Russia. Uh, it's now been blocked in Iran, 
So Iran have ordered it to be blocked by ISPs across the country. And the reason that they've stated is national security concerns, uh, which from pretty much seems to be that they don't like the idea of fully encrypted chat across uh, between people. So Telegram's big selling point is its end-to-end encryption, which in theory is done by lots of apps now, but I think at the time was not. Um, So the idea that your messages only exist on your phone and they're fully encrypted so that even if Telegram wanted to get hold of them, they couldn't and all of this, and nobody can read them in transit when you're sending them apart from you and the person you're sending them to. Sorry to put in, did you say that that's, because that's what WhatsApp does as well? Yes, WhatsApp didn't do that originally when it first launched. It just pushed everything over in plain text. Um, It does that now. Um, There's there's been a bit of kind of back and forth between Mm. about Telegram and between Telegram and WhatsApp and people sort of chucking stones at each other <laughs> yeah so my, my understanding of it is this and there is actually um i don't know if you've read that article on the telegram's website which is why isn't telegram end-to-end encrypted by default so if you were to to start using telegram and send me a message it would be encrypted between us but because you like all of the ease and the convenience of a modern messaging app you would want to be able to, I don't know, maybe go and use another phone or use a computer and get all of the messages there. So it syncs them all with a central server, and that's what WhatsApp does. So in that respect, WhatsApp and Telegram are pretty much the same. The difference is you can, if you want, set up a a new chat with someone, which is a secret chat. And the secret chat, rather than all syncing via the central Telegram servers, it's a direct communication between my phone and your phone. The caveat being that if for whatever reason you lost your phone, all those messages on that secret chat would be lost as well. But it does give you that assurance that everything's going directly from your phone over to the person that you're conversing with the phone and vice versa. So that's the element about it that makes it a little bit more different than WhatsApp. There's, um, yeah, there's a number of theories. I read there's an an article on Gizmodo that came out about Telegram basically saying, well, the the headline was um, something along the lines of why you should stop using Telegram right now. It came out in uh, uh, 2016, which is kind of digging into the whole like encryption thing and end-to-end and stuff. And then Telegram wrote a response blog post where they like criticized all of this article. I think that was called why you should stop reading gizmodo it, yeah <laughs> that's good it, it's all quite complicated when and it's a little bit hard to tell who's actually telling the truth here and so on but yeah basically telegram's argument is that um true end-to-end encryption basically means that you Um, have two devices your phone say and your friend's phone and the messages are encrypted on your phone sent encrypted over the internet and then decrypted on your friend's phone and vice versa and nothing is in the middle of that that can read those messages and nobody else can read those messages in order to read those messages you need those devices and that's end-to-end encryption there's nothing in the middle and as you said joe the problem with that system is that if you then want to use a different phone or if you um you know you lose your phone then you lose those messages and the kind of the whatsapp solution to this so whatsapp does actually do full end-to-end encryption um they don't kind of hold a copy of your messages as far as i can tell um but they provide you as do a number of other kind of popular programs out there with the option to back up the, your um, list of messages to something like iCloud if you're on an Apple device or Google Drive if you're on Android, something like that. And when you do that, those backups are not end-to-end encrypted. They're encrypted in a way that they can be decrypted later mm-hmm. because the reason that you do that is you want to back up your messages to iCloud and then later you get a new phone 
or you lose your existing phone and get a new device, whatever, you can then download that backup and decrypt it without having your original phone at all. Um, so obviously the key that decrypts those files has to be stored somewhere else, which is going to be, you don't store it with the backup, otherwise there'd be no point in encrypting it. So you store it on WhatsApp servers. So WhatsApp has a key that can decrypt the backup of all of your messages that you're storing in iCloud or mm. Google Drive or whatever. Yeah. So when they say that all of your messages are end-to-end -end encrypted, Telegram's argument is, well, they're not really end-to-end -end encrypted. Yes, they are in transit, but they also highly, highly recommend and keep giving you push notifications and whatever to turn on backup and then are creating this backup file that they hold a key to decrypt so they can actually read everything. Mm. Um, yeah. One that, thing it mentions is even if you go to great pains to prevent the backup, if you go jump through all the hoops to not back it up, who's to say the person you're communicating with doesn't back their end up? Yeah, and their, uh, yeah. their argument is, whether these stats are true or not, but their argument is that if you're in a chat with five other people, there's a 99% chance that somebody has turned on the backup and therefore everything you're sending to that chat even if you've not chosen to back it up is can be decrypted uh, by whatsapp whereas the telegram way of doing things um, is to split these chats into two so that you can either have these so-called secure end-to-end -end chats where there is no backup or you can have the more uh, kind of kind of traditional cloud chats yeah, where they the they do hold a copy of everything uh, but their argument on that is oh well that's better than iCloud or Google Drive because we have these data centers that are distributed across multiple countries and jurisdictions and so on so you have to get multiple people to sign off multiple countries to sign off on being able to get that information back and we're not going to give anyone the keys honest and so on i want to find the where is it here they say we've we rely on our own distributed cross-jurisdictional encrypted cloud storage which just fills you with confidence so how much that actually holds up to any kind of legal sounds good <laughs> sounds very yeah good. the messaging's good whether it actually if you're the United States and you go banging on their door and saying we need a copy of this chat now. Yeah. But yeah, so the whole the whole idea that Telegram isn't actually encrypted by secure by default is this kind of idea that most chats will be cloud chats because yeah. of the convenience of having your messages backed up. And they they say that yes, you could not have that backup like other apps, they name drop uh, signal for instance it seems like wherever there's talk of uh, tele telegram there's talk of signal mm. which is a true end-to-end -end one yes so an app like signal doesn't do backups and doesn't provide that functionality it is end-to-end -end encrypted you lose your phone you lose your history of backups which is more secure but also those apps have a much smaller user base probably because they're lacking features like that or at least that's telegram's argument so yeah. they're saying we want to we want to do both we want to give you the full secure end-to-end -end if you if you want it uh, but for most people they probably don't need that level so we give them the convenience as well so that they can access their messages from multiple devices they can recover them if they lose a phone etc etc we got it downloaded what telegram no uh, I thought you downloaded it there, mate. No, I was just looking at some bits of bobs to do with WhatsApp, that end-to-end <laughs> -end encryption. All right, okay, then, cool. Then also, if you want to continue on the stones slinging. And I do. <laughs> because that's fun. Um, another complaint Telegram levies against WhatsApp is that um, they can do something called forcing a key change. And okay. by default, they don't have to tell you about it. There is an option that you can turn on in WhatsApp that notifies you when a when there is a key change. I'm gonna do that right now. I did it while I was reading the article. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Everybody out. fire up your WhatsApp. Yeah, go into settings and you can turn on this notification about key change. 
essentially what it means is that your so your conversations are encrypted mm-hmm. um and they're encrypted with a key um but if they wanted to get a hold of that key and that key is on your phone say if they wanted to get into those messages they can trigger this key change and then generate a new key and then use that key to decrypt the message i don't understand i didn't quite have time to dig into all of the technical details as to how it it, works i'm guessing this is it so under the security tab it says your messages and calls are secured with end-to-end encryption and then there's a a show security notification option that's the one it doesn't mention key changes but it does say turn on this setting to receive notifications when a contact security code has changed yeah i'm guessing is is it so telegram say oh well if you know some country comes knocking and demands that whatsapp gives up your conversation history all they have to do is do this change at their end and then they can read it all and then they can hand that over Mm. Uh, and the only reason that they would tell you that they'd done that and you wouldn't be able to stop them doing it they just notify you that they'd done it is if you turned on this setting that's buried away and turned off by default okay does that mean i'm just going to be so so it doesn't do it as a matter of course well, there aren't so regular key changes every i don't anyway. believe so from again i didn't manage to get very far down this particular thing from what i gather if you have a conversation going and then you add a new participant into that conversation i think that would trigger it okay um a kind of mad hatter change places scenario <laughs> just because you've got somebody new in there that needs to be able to read the conversation history i think okay yeah that makes if that's sense, possible so. do you read the conversation history mm. anyway i don't know because i've said some terrible things about adam before adding him to conversations i've got your security key mate i've seen him <laughs> <laughs> swapping my keys frantically right now the other to to balance this out the other thing that's often levied against um telegram is that they use this homebrew encryption yes i've heard that which sort of rule 101 of cryptography is do not invent your own cryptography (laughs) they must be confident or 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 at least some countries must have confidence in it if they're trying to get it banned Um, yeah i mean i think that's that's the only reason i know about this app is because there seems to be such a war on it uh, from from certain governments, um, like Iran blocking it to try and push out their, I think it's Sarush, which is their similar, their own IM program. Yeah, Russia's got something similar as well. Um, yeah, which is basically, I'm guessing, state state a state sponsored app that can be snooped upon. Absolutely. Well, I don't know, don't know whether it can be snooped upon, but it's uh, mm. by it's created by a company that is run by somebody who's apparently very in with putin makes sense but uh, called tam tam i think the, the, i tell you what the russian attempt to, to block telegram was was fantastic because the way they seem to have gone about it was to try and target all of the ips that telegram uses for its various services and they're basically blocking them <clears throat> so telegram in there as, as a kind of counter move moved a lot of their stuff onto various big hosting services so amazon web services for instance so then, I, which I guess is kind of like the digital equivalent of running into a church yelling sanctuary. But that didn't stop Russia. They just then blacklisted a bunch of uh, Amazon IPs, uh, which knocked out loads of other services in response. So there were like lots of businesses who were also having all of their, their business crippled because wow. large swathes of IP blocks were being blocked in an attempt to Apparently, prevent access. So, as I said, the Russian government's pushing people towards Tam Tam. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, they also managed to knock off some of the Tam Tam <laughs> services in this. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so uh, the other day, they had a... Um, that yeah, There were lots of Russians upset about the blocking of Telegram and the effect it had on a lot of knock-on businesses. So there was a protests the other day. I think there was something like 12,000 people turned up. Um, to yeah, I thought this this was, this was good. It looked good anyway. Just yeah, throwing, throwing uh, paper airplanes, yeah. which is the the symbol of Telegram. Oh. So that's ah, nice. Isn't it? Yeah. Bit, of, bit of heartwarming there. So what what's the big deal? So yeah, I, I kind of struggle to maintain some element of of privacy in our 
in our modern world. Uh, it looks like Telegram's kind of at the forefront of it at the moment. It has uh, been used for um, a lot of ISIS activity, mm. is worth saying. Yeah. Which is the kind of, I guess, the reason that these countries are trotting out um, why they want it banned, or at least, well, they, they want it banned because they refuse to hand over the encryption keys to be able to decrypt messages. Um, yeah. But then so, yeah, you it hear is, a lot about WhatsApp groups being used by terrorist organizations, really. I suppose it also takes the responsibility out of Telegram's hand. If no one's, if they're saying we can't. Um, we can't we, stop this runaway train. We can't give you any. We can't give you any security keys or anything like that. Um, then it kind of says them. They're kind of they're kind of responsibility free for all this kind of things. Mm. Yeah. That's kind of the, um, the you do find a lot, especially in like in the video game world, where you get these fan made projects, don't you? Mm. Licensed fan made projects. So someone will say, "I want to recreate this video game," and what often happen is. You get someone making a game and they're saying, look at this game I'm working on and this, and then they just get shut down with copyright notices by whoever. So, and one thing that always comes up is people always saying, why didn't they just wait until it was done and release it? Release it out into the world and then there's nothing anyone can do about it. Mm. It's just kind of there. Um, which really reminds me a bit of that. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Does all your reading change the way would you use telegram um i only know well, one I, person that uses telegram and we've just used it to say hello hello and then i sent him <laughs> some steve jobs gifts oh you've told us oh, all oh, now oh, oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, it wasn't even gifts it was it was stickers which is just a a sticker is just a fancy emoji really isn't it i think I, as an can i just as, yeah, as an aside sorry this has nothing to do with telegram or anything but I was uh, I was watching the news this morning, and uh, uh, Sky News just having a look at the local election results, and they had a section that was how is how are the various leaders of the parties responding to the news of this election? Well, what we've done is we've got an emoji scale here. Oh, <laughs> kind of oh, no. Here's five emojis, rating right, right from very sad to very happy. Oh, how. How do you think Corbyn feels after last night? Oh, he's probably about here on the emoji scale. <laughs> I've got a picture of it. You can put it up with the podcast. That was okay, astounding. I'm going to make another uh, one. Yeah. <laughs> emoji news. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sorry, continue. That's awful. Um, I think I'd, I've just heard lots of mixed things about Telegram. Like, yeah. I my overwhelming sort of, I guess, the, the stuff that I'd heard prior to actually doing any reading for this podcast was that it uses its own homebrew encryption which is a bad mm. idea that's closed source and offers uh, security through obscurity which is a bad idea and uh, actually it's not really that secure and they found a number of weaknesses in it and blah 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 so doesn't yes, fill you with confidence <laughs> yeah I mean, some of that apparently isn't true. Like, apparently it is open source uh, and you can go and download the code and evaluate it, although... I think there's already forks of it. Yeah, like, and whether they've actually addressed any of the issues people have with it or how big a deal those issues actually are. Because, you know, sometimes you find weaknesses in things that can only really be exploited in very specific circumstances. So, yes, technically there's a fault with it, but it's not actually going to do anybody any harm. Mm. Um, so I don't really know, but it just doesn't fill me with confidence. I Whereas think... Signal and WhatsApp are using, I think, is it just the Signal... Um, there's basically an established protocol for encryption that's already out there, was invented by cryptographers, has been peer-reviewed. People mm. are happy with it and think it's good. Like I personally am using WhatsApp because that's where my friends are. I do feel a bit weird about it being tied in with Facebook. I don't really like that about it. So we're trying to migrate from Facebook to WhatsApp. And now you don't like WhatsApp, Dave. Um, it's, Where are we going It's better next? than Facebook and Facebook Messenger, basically. Yeah. I'm 
I'm picking my battles on that particular front. <laughs> Fair enough. Basically, well, it sounds like if you really, really want to be, um, have like a very secure end-to-end encrypted, nobody's going to be able to give up your information because they don't have it, application for secure messaging, then Signal sounds like the best bet out there from what I've read, not having used it myself. But It feels like if you... If you were so uh, so concerned about things like keeping your old messages, I mean, would you... At a certain point, you've just got to look for that point where encryption or privacy outstrips convenience. Yeah. I don't know how often I review my message history. I don't, I don't need to know what I said to so, any yeah. of you more than a couple of months ago. I mean, I think the thing that I'm bothered about is not so much massive governments with humongous amounts of money to throw at breaking encryption or, you know, big legal teams to go and force people to hand over information. It's more just kind of people hacking into databases and Mm. pulling out information from there, I guess. That's more my kind of reason that I need encryption. So from that point, I'd there's probably nothing wrong with WhatsApp. That's why if... I very rarely spam Adam with my bank details on yeah. WhatsApp. <laughs> Only once a week, if that. Mm. <laughs> on Telegram. Yeah. You do it all the time. Spam, well, main information on WhatsApp and then and then my PIN number through. <laughs> through yeah, you've got to get me safe. Yeah, you've got to break it up. That's the only way to do it. You've got to remind him every week where to send the podcast checks to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, have you noticed that um, there's been like quite a few people I know have like had a different accounts hacked into recently? I don't know if you've experienced that. Or... Not really, no. Not was, not like a big uptick. Was anything. it yesterday that Twitter advised everyone to to change their password? Yeah, I got that through today. Yeah, <laughs> that, that time again. I didn't get that. Does I didn't that mean get I'm that. not compromised? I think it's. Uh, did Did you get it through? Yeah, one. Well, I saw it, saw an article about it. That was the first thing I saw about it. I've got one verified account, and that was the only account that it that it had. I'd got that notification through, so maybe it was just affected like verified accounts. All right, which Fine. would be pretty funny. Mm. <laughs> um, did you hear? Did everyone hear that? Adam's got a verified account. <laughs> I tried not to make a deal out of it, um, but yeah, like I know two people who've had uh, the Spotify accounts hacked into. I know two. Two oh, people. I have mine hacked into it. It was a good few months ago. Though. Mm. Well, I, I got an email from eBay saying someone had been on my account, and that and so, and a girl in our office had that as well. Right. So I don't know. Like, it just feels like this has all been within the last two weeks, by the way. Which okay, is why I bring right. it up. Fine. So it just it just felt like lots of little things had been happening, but yeah. maybe Time it was just coincidence. So I mean, speaking of end to end, that's why I use um I haven't really been a massive adopter of LastPass. Um just just the central syncing thing. And I've heard various arguments for why it's fine. But I don't know, I just like my, my password app that I use that I can only back up, you know <laughs> between devices. So yeah. But I'll get off my high horse about that. Let's talk about something else. Uh next story that I wanted to touch on was this one it was an uh, Ars Technica article about um, France seizing uh, France is in the country France seizing the domain France.com from a poor guy who owned the domain for about over 20 years and wasn't even squatting on it so a lot of big domains especially things that are countries or businesses people will often buy a domain cheap with the idea that in the future it will become popular and then they can extort the person who might want it for who knows how much. Um, this was a French-born American who's suing uh, France <laughs> uh, because uh, the uh, Ministry of Foreign Affairs seized his web domain that he's had for over 20 years and he's using it so he's got a website that uh, that it was very much bigging up France. It was a lot of French-related things on there, and he'd been in contact with numerous French agencies, including the Consulate General in Los Angeles and Minister for Foreign Affairs. But then he got hit in, was it 2016? When he suddenly slapped with a... 2015. 2015. Mm. 
basically slapped with a with a with a violating with a you are violating French trademark law. You need to give us this domain right now. And last year, last September, uh, they yeah they went through with the ruling and uh, the registrar for the website, which is web.com, which I guess is the American equivalent of one two three reg or enom or something like that, uh, demanded that the domain be handed over. So now if you go to France.com, it redirects to France.fr, which is, I guess, the proper France website. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of why I wanted to talk about it, because it's a bit of a weird situation. It seems on the face of it massively unjust. And uh, I think kind of the bigger issue here is domain names, internet ownership of domain names and web space. It's very Wild West. Uh, initial thoughts? I guess so the thing here is that um so his website france.com was uh, it describes it on the article as a digital kiosk for francophiles and francophones in the United States and basically just kind of it's a site for people in the United States who are interested in France so it's a united states um dot .com domain mm mm-hmm. About France, so France.com makes total sense. Yeah. And that, that seems like a perfect website address for that. But kind of the flip side, I guess, is that the .com domain is the de facto domain name. So if you were to guess at a website for any company, you'd probably type company name.com. So from that kind of point of view, then anyone who wants to go to france's website would unless they were kind of like thinking or they knew that .fr is the domain um for france would probably do france.com so you can kind of see it from two points of view i mean i don't think it's it it doesn't seem fair to him that he's had this yeah. business since 1994 it's and a big it's claim been, as well isn't it just to suddenly kind of say for just to say this is ours or kind of go. Wow. Yeah. How long's France been around, though, David? <laughs> <laughs> well, plenty of time for them to register the site. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Um, yeah, what well, is is dot com? Is that an American top level domain? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's generally American nice. companies, but it kind of gets used by everyone, really, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I just don't understand how the f- French government has the jurisdiction to. Well, I suppose that's one thing about this. I don't think that it's just that the French government are the ones culpable here because web.com, who are the domain registrar, they're the ones that have handed it over. They're the ones that have said, oh, we've got a, a court order from France. Here you go. Here's the domain. Well, it's basically French law, isn't it? Because it's, it's France, the country, saying that the website is breaching French copyright law and then had a court of appeals in Paris uh, that judged that, yes, you're violating French trademark law. Um, but then all of that seems to be applying to presumably an American company. So the question is about jurisdiction. Yeah. yeah. One, one comment uh, that I found on a Reddit thread about this said that this could be bad news for web.com. He said, uh, as a Florida company, they're not protected by French courts. They also didn't act on orders from a U.S. court with jurisdiction over them after the judgment was domesticated. So the process simply skipped out that entirely. As a result, Web.com may have enforced a foreign court order against a U.S. citizen without any legal basis for doing so. It's a very muddy area. Yeah. Incredibly so. It does It does sound like if, it's, if .com is owned by or is the jurisdiction of America, then it does sound like it should have gone through the American legal system, not the French legal system. And it does kind of feel a bit like, you know, they were being bullied by the French government and, Mm. you know, gave in, which, I mean, if France came knocking on our door and said, hey, you need to do this or that, that's, you know... Ironically, you have now. to be very, very sure of yourself before you. Uh... So he now files a lawsuit, a lawsuit in Virginia, mm. to then what? Try and get back the domain that's yep. now 
And I feel like he'd have, a, he'd have a lot more success suing web.com than he would trying to get at France over it. But apparently they're not party to the lawsuit. Um, web.com aren't? No. So he's the lawsuit is against uh, the French Republic, Atou France, a government tourist agency, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, the minister himself, and Verisign, who like a... I don't know. There's a certificate signing yeah, company. I don't know whether they've got other kind of arms in the whole domain. Could system. be that his website's secured with a VeriSign certificate or something. Who who knows? Um, then there's ICANN as well. So ICANN being the Internet Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers, who are who I think have an even higher. Uh, more of a top level view of this so i can are the ones who um so they're responsible for keeping a, a database uh, keeping maintenance of databases that relate to internet namespaces so who owns what domain they also control the dns root servers so when you want to go to google.com your computer looks to a dns server which then looks to another dns server and the root dns server here being owned by i but i think again i is an american company or at least they're America-based. So, I don't know. Does the whole system need to be re-evaluated? Because it's, I know a lot of, when it comes to the internet and all that, it's uh, it does feel like things get bolted onto other things and eventually you get this big ungainly system. I suppose start, to start with, you need to work out the kind of, the suffix of a domain. Does that come under a certain country's yeah what right do they have to france.com why you know why not just but then if you set that then can no one else have from another country have it's a whole new problem isn't it there are limits on some of the top level domains there Um, are yeah like um dot is it org don't you have to provide proof that you're a charity or something like that? It's an organization, uh, like .org, so you need to be a company. Well. .gov, yeah. you have to be a government agency. .ac. .edu. Um, yeah, the mm. academic. academic stuff. There's, there's certain f- countries as well that you... Um, like, some countries just seem to be open to it. Like, for example, you've got... I don't know who owns, like, GL, but there's goo.gl. Yeah. Google use that for a lot of things. Um but Apps, some companies so. Yeah. Somalia. Somalia. But then you also have a lot of top level domains that are snapped up at auction and then are sold on by privates. In fact that might be how all of them are done. I don't know. At some level someone owns the domain and portions it out. Yeah. And you pay a domain registrar for whatever.co.uk, that's I mean, that money's got to be going somewhere, and I'm sure it's not just all the registrar. But hey, it is. Uh, what I will say is, as a funny thing uh, that I found, um, if you go to germany.com, germany.com's not got this issue going on. David, have a look at germany.com. Germany.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so germany.com has a picture <laughs> of a cat looking unimpressed unimpressed it says <laughs> don't says... disturb me i am busy neither me nor germany.com is for sale <laughs> and then they got a little faq about the domain which uh just points to hey um no this is not for sale can we have an email address with with germany.com no i reserve that for a few special friends <laughs> i've seen a few domains like this though this um is it purple.com yeah, that's another kind of. And you can purple dot com will sell you like names and stuff. I think. Yeah. If you check their FAQ. They out. say go oh, get yourself an email address at the prestigious purple dot com. It's strange, isn't it? What? I, I mean, I that when I was first starting out on you know going on the internet as a as a uh, secondary school kid you know just kind of looking for interesting sites to go on i remember purple.com being a site that people <laughs> talked about but you see would you would this constitute domain squatting do you think germany.com with a picture of a bengal cat 
if you look up other countries, it's quite interesting. I've just been spent the last half, <laughs> half a minute googling. What else googling you found? Italy.com is a good one. Um, <laughs> What's on Italy.com? Well, it's just not that much. Um, it offers me to buy it. Well, oh, I want really? To buy the domain. How, yeah, mu- how much will it cost to buy Italy.com? Well, I'm not sure. Bit. I want to choose. But. Yeah, I'm not sure. Not sure the resolution of your computer is high enough to to show all those zeros. It's for inquiry. Inquiries only. Oh, that's never a good sign it's if anything wants you to inquire for a price. One of these, if you need to ask, then you can't afford it, deals. Yeah. So, yeah, it's at the point now where if you want a, a single word dot com, you're going to be paying through the nose for it. You really mm-hmm. are. But again, that's them charging premiums. Like, uh, wasn't it like if you wanted xxx.coms, then that's something like £70 a year for a domain. And as I'm sure it's because people own these domains and they'll sell them out, but they sell them at a high price and it must work for them. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, there was also a case not long ago where uh, in 1999 uh, where there was a guy who owned Nissan.com. And if you go to Nissan.com, actually, so he was sued by the company Nissan for $10, uh, $10 million and they asked him to, to stop using stop using it to advertise his computer. I think he did like a computer company at the time. Uh, Anyway, he won that. He managed to keep his domain. uh, But I think the domain now is pretty much 100% geared towards having a go at Nissan, the company. Looks like it. Has it got a guest book that's just full of people with negative things to say about (laughs) Nissan, the company? The main main page here just has like a... The heading is Nissan Motors lawsuit against us. It can happen to you or someone you know. And then there's a picture of five guys walking down a like sunny street, presumably in America somewhere, in shorts and t-shirts with a sort of Nissan logo with a with a red cross through it. <laughs> cool dudes, own it, you know. So what is Nissan's website these days? I don't know. Nissancar.com. Nissan.vroom. <laughs> Nissan.co.uk works. Yeah. Okay, right. But <laughs> not.com. Oh, mm. man. That, I wonder to what extent that actually harms their business that they don't own.com. Because it's such a small thing, isn't it? I would it's go just... to Nissan.com if I wanted to go to the Nissan website. I, mean, I don't know I that don't they're Japanese. Pure in America. I mean, oh, apparently it's www.nissan-global.com. Oh, that's a waste oh. of time. That's crap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the one thing that I think is uh, that it's such a lot for such a small it's just it's just a few letters and that's what you're paying all this money for just for the ease of being able to say to people I own blah 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 dot com but specifically in this the case of France dot com I think just because it's digital just because it's a few letters doesn't mean it's any less of a the, th- the thing is though that now I would I wouldn't if I wanted to go to Nissan's website I would type Nissan into the you know the Chrome bar, and you then would it would bring with, up the results. You and wouldn't I would bother click on the with .com no, and no. guessing. No, no, never. I would always go to Google first. Right. And I suppose there's not many instances nowadays where you're not going to have that ability. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. So it's, yeah, so maybe it's not such a big deal anymore. But hey. Uh, there was that... Who was it? A while ago, wasn't there a footballer or something who wanted an Instagram account or a Twitter account? Some um, guy got his account just closed up, and he and he, he went to them yeah, and said, "Oh, my, my account's been cancelled." And then they find out that 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 handle, that Twitter name or whatever, had been given to a famous footballer. And uh, I think it's only because they made a massive stink about it online that they eventually relinquished and gave him the name back. Mm, it rings a bell, yeah. And it's definitely one rule for for your sort, Adam, the verified accounts and <laughs> different rule for the rest of us. That's it though, like Twitter will say off the bat, like, if you've got a if you've got a ha- a Twitter handle and someone like an established you know, person with that established handle or name comes along and wants it, we're just gonna give it to them. Like you can't sit on it. Mm. Like they just tell you straight away. Yeah. I mean like sitting on it's fair enough. But but I'll leave you with this thought that I saw on a comment online. Does this mean that Brazil can steal Amazon.com? Mm. 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 
Probably not. What sort of time are we on? How are we doing? We're uh, in a bit, bit long. 15 minutes. Oh, well then, let's leave the dislike button bit. We were going to... Uh, well, we talk about Facebook rolling out a, a trial of the dislike button. I don't think there's a whole amount to say about it, apart from I never thought that would ever happen. Also, it, was... it hasn't because that's not a dislike button. It's a downvote. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And where can, where's the difference? Um, I, well, the the way that they say to use it um, is press the down arrow if a comment has bad intentions or is disrespectful. It's still okay to disagree in a respectful way. Right. So basically you're saying they're intending for you to, I guess, Discuss. You know, get rid of hate speech and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's not what it's going to be used for. <laughs> no, <laughs> Let's be honest. Well, I'm guessing if it's to get rid of hate speech and things, it's going to be anonymous. Which is a shame because I would love to see the dislike button where you can see who's actively disliked your... Your yeah. things on Facebook. The example for it is good though. The, the the example post is at least the Argentinian fans turned up. Those guys are awesome. And somebody has <laughs> somebody's no. downvoted that. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it would it would ruffle so many feathers though if you could if you could see who was downvoting. I wonder who'd be brave enough to do it. It'd be tough for my wife because sometimes I just rap on, uh, tap on her phone screen while she's using it. This <laughs> is on Facebook. I'll smash the screen of it. No more she friends. She hates it. Yeah. Be very interesting as well as one person uh, online said uh, whether that would show up on sponsored content. Mm. I have a feeling it would not. But but I don't know. You know when Facebook when Facebook first came out, I can't imagine that likes did much outside of just being a metric for you to judge the importance of were likes the in the first in like the 2006 build of facebook i feel like that was quite an integral part of marketing yeah wasn't maybe it, so hand, yeah but i feel i did something with a few friends i think it was last year and like they compared the number of likes they got when they first in their first posts on facebook to what they had now and it seems that like Initially, if you had like two likes, it was a massive thing. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's more like the the kind of threshold is a lot higher for the likes. I mean, it was it was a smart way of like you want to you want to acknowledge that you've seen something without actually having to think about writing a full on comment yeah. or just oh, a it throwaway it appeals thing. to the lazy lazy side. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like you could click something with confidence that it wasn't going to affect a metric that was going to push something further up your news feed. And just a simpler times. Yeah, Why has everything yeah. got to have an effect on everything else now? I, I feel like you couldn't just introduce a dislike button. It would have to be tied to, as they say, hiding hate speech or because mm. that's not open to be manipulated or tweaking the advertising algorithm. Yeah, they'll ne- they'll never uh, never introduce a dislike button. Never. It's kind of at that point where it's been joked about so much that I don't think they could, even if they had a genuine reason why they wanted to. They just wouldn't do it because, like, advertisers would complain if they if they started advertising and it got dislikes, then people would stop advertising on Facebook. Hmm. They just they would just. Oh, never I don't know. Have you read the comments on anything advertised on Facebook? I advertise Ooh. on. Well, maybe the bad advertisers make because mine always get really positive. <laughs> I don't know. I just, yeah, I know I, next time you get Walker's crisps advertised that you go and read the comments. Yeah, but lead a wash after. But it puts the most liked comments to the top as well. Right. And, so maybe I don't know really. Yeah, that's. A good but point. the lightest comments will be people yeah. railing against. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I, you tend to see positive comments at the top. Maybe they've got an algorithm that detects positive language or something. But have Probably. you read about uh, the the YouTube like and dislike buttons as well? No. So then you do have you have a like and a dislike button on there, uh, yeah, like so. Yeah, that means nothing to our, our, our podcast people, but hey. Um, they don't actually affect anything in terms of where content's shown on the screen. That, that's why um, YouTube comments are usually just a cesspit. Yeah. It's just rubbish. Huh. Um, it's just used to track engagement, really. Okay. I mean, so. it, that's, that's kind of good, really. Yeah, I suppose. So it how, what, what does determine where it is it just chronological? 
I'm not sure. Maybe they no, because they they will pick up and push things randomly. Because mm. I've I, I follow some YouTube creators on Twitter, and they'll say they'll just go, "Oh, I've suddenly got a new influx of people watching this video I put out eight months ago." Yeah, just seemingly out of nowhere. Yeah, the I'm algorithms talking, all over. I'm the talking place. more about the comments on videos, though. You know, those I, mean? I think they are like chronological, but then there's. You can kind of reply and have like little embedded, yeah, yeah, and they tend to be concatenated so, so that you only see the the highest, the ones with the most likes. I think maybe. if the video creator comments on things, those get pushed to the top, yeah, or but at least those just... comments got get kind of pulled out and shown separately, and mm. then they'll be there. And when you scroll down, something like that. I don't know. It is it is a bit all over the place, but. Tell you what, I'd put a Facebook dislike on. Those pictures where it's a bunch of beer glasses connected with little tubes and it says which one's going to fill up first. What? I've never seen that. Have you not seen those? No, no. (laughs) Must be just just pointed advertising for you, Joe. Maybe. Well, I'll tell you what, their algorithms bust because... I have seen those. Yeah. They started off, you get all the beer glasses and they're all connected by little pipes. And the idea being, if you started pouring into this one here with all the different pipes at all different heights and these... So there'll be like, there'll be a, you pour into the top one, but the top one has a couple of different like tubes coming out of it at different heights. Yeah. So it's like, it's it's supposedly a logic puzzle. It's Mm -hmm. it's one of these logic puzzles that is... Illogical. But, well, the whole the whole point of it, I guess, is to just make you stop scrolling and stare and at that picture at for a yeah. while. Yeah, I think that's it. But then they start doing a second generation of them where it'd be like, which one will fill up first? And you go, number 15. And you look in the comments and it'd be 15, 15, 20, 20. No, it's 20, it's 20, 20, 20, 20. And you go back and you look and you think, why is everyone saying 20? <gasps> They've arbitrarily closed off random pipes. But it's just like, a pixels width you know yeah so you're like if you really squint you'd be like oh yeah that one's closed off it sounds like you like them you've the spent other, a lot of time yeah. looking at them i was gonna say that's why they keep coming back up again the other similar thing oh. that i saw for a while that seemed to have a very brief window in the sun was um oh, is this the sums uh well before before this there was the sums where you'd get like <laughs> here's here's like some symbols that this like flower symbol plus this flower symbol plus this flower symbol oh, equals yeah, this is like three this other flower plus this other flower equals 10 and then you so you get like three sums and then at the bottom you'd have like another sum using elements for it's, it's algebra guys yeah yeah it's basically algebra <laughs> except that there would be instead of x's you've got flowers or smiley yeah, faces exactly. or something oh but then they'd add like a twist into it <laughs> tricking people into learning algebra <laughs> this is amazing <laughs> but it's then they'd add, they'd add like a twist like you'd then realize that the so the first picture was a sunflower that had like 10 petals mm. but then the sum at the bottom the sunflower has 12 petals in it so uh. actually when you'd calculated that a sunflower equals 10 then actually no no because the one at the bottom in the final sun that that supposedly equals 12 mm-hmm. so that's why and there's always like a little twist in there so that the majority of the comments will get one answer and then some people be like, no, it's this. And then there'll be all this argument about whether or not it's... Right, but I get it. The one, the other one that I saw kind of in between flowers, flower sums and um, buckets filling up with water, mm-hmm. there was a brief moment where there was a load of ones that were traffic junctions and it was Ooh, whose right of way is it? Oh, right. And it'll be like teaching us algebra, teaching us the the highway code. It'll be like a T junction, but it's not actually a T junction because the main road is like a curve, and so the actual give way is like so. It'll be like a horizontal road with a vertical road coming off it, but the left road and the vertical road are the same road, and the right one has a give way on it, so it's not straight on. And (laughs) yeah, sounds like you spent a lot of time with these. I, I really don't read Facebook that much. This is one of the reasons. Look, yeah. at, least we, at least we've moved on from uh, Minions gifts, so. <laughs> yeah, for now. Until the next film. Yeah. Until Despicable Me 4. 10. Yeah. 
Right, well, before we finish, because <clears throat> it is the 100th episode, I've got a short nine-question tech-related oh. quiz. So it's three questions each. I thought I'll direct them at you this time, because I think last time I just opened it up to the floor and that just meant David got them every time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here you go. Here's nine questions to round off the 100th episode of the Unraveling Technology Podcast. David, first question. Google's first tweet in 2009 was in binary. What did it say? I'm going to guess hello world, but I don't know the answer. Uh, it was actually the first word was um, was in normal English and it said I'm alive. Ah, I'm feeling lucky. It was. Ah, ah, okay. yes, yes. Uh, Adam, in computing... The act of running a computer program, a set of programs, or other operations in order to assess the relative performance of an object, normally by running a number of standard tests and trials against it, is called what? What? <laughs> I feel like I'm not going to get mine either. Are you, are you doing this to make me look stupid? <laughs> no, no, no. Especially about Google, especially someone I, who's got a relatively new PC. Okay. What? The it's act the act of... of running a computer program. Yeah. In order to assess the performance of it usually by a, a standard number of tests and trials. Diagnostics? No. I don't know. Benchmark? No. You no never heard of the word benchmark? No. Okay. Fire, fire up one of your 3D games, <laughs> go into the graphics options, and there'll be a benchmark test in there. Yeah. Oh. Usually run like a, a scene. One of your games. Usually Square Enix. <laughs> My, Minesweeper. One, one of your video games. Ah, <laughs> uh, Sam. What is the name of the freemium language learning platform that has an owl for its logo? Oh, nuts. <laughs> no. No, that's right. <laughs> Do you know the one I mean? I, I know the one you mean, but I completely, I've got a mind blank. What is it? Duolingo. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. There's plenty of time. <clears throat> David, which famous American technology company owns TI.com? Texas Instruments. Yeah, it is Texas Instruments. Nice one. Impressive. Adam, style 2012, turn down for 2014. Now watch me 2015, or all one. Style 2012, turn down for 2014. Now watch me 2015. Are these like events? Kind of. I have no idea. YouTube rewinds. Right, okay. okay. I wouldn't have got that. Tim, OFO bikes are from which country? UK. No. No, China. Uh, I got that one. I knew that one. (laughs) (laughs) David, which Japanese electronics company's name means son of electric printer? Sorry, son of electronic printer. I know it's not Nintendo because that's something to do with play, I think. Um, I don't know, Sega. <laughs> no, actually, Epson. Epson. Yeah. Son of electronic printer, Epson. They just oh, made electronic a electronic printer, printer son. son. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Adam, what is Facebook's digital assistant called? Facebook's digital assistant. What? what I kind of like, a, like your Alexa and your, oh, your Siri. Right. Facebook have one. Zuck. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That would be a great name. Yeah. It's just called M. Mm. No, I don't know. Fair enough. Joe, where'd you get these questions from? Oh, man. <laughs> I tell you what, it's quite hard to find tech quizzes online. Last question, Tim. How many bits make a bite? Oh, man. <laughs> this, is a, this is a Christmas this, quiz this question. This is a Christmas <laughs> quiz question, which I heard, and there was much dispute over, and what? I can't remember for the life of me the answer. I don't know. That one might have answer. been how many bytes make a megabyte or something. It was yeah, a kilobyte or a kilobyte. Can I you just repeat the question for me? Do how I get one repeat? How many bits make a byte? It links to question one in some ways, if you can remember question one. Mm. David's. Uh, I can't remember question, question one. one. It was mine. It was the, bi- <laughs> the binary aspect lucky. of it. <laughs> Is it the binary yeah. aspect? Of yeah. It? Is it? Oh, no, like, go on. No, you go. Was it, is it 16? I know the answer. <laughs> go on, David. Go on, it's David. Eight. Eight. eight bits oh, in was, a bite. I was kind of close. close to 16 there, I thought. You were on the right. A little bit, a little bit. Great. No, my, my question at the Christmas quiz was uh, how many bits in how a kilobyte? 
and the mm. answer is a thousand. Whereas a lot of people think it's a thousand and twenty-four because yeah. there was some confusion. There was, it was I think a thousand and twenty-four for a bit, but also kilo <laughs> means a thousand. So technically, it also was a thousand, and then they decided the industry standard people decided no, let's standardize this. It's <laughs> a thousand. Sort it out. Yeah. I did have a tiebreaker as well that was what animal is Mozilla Firefox named after? If anyone wants to. Uh, uh, fox. fox. <laughs> uh, well, it's like a little bit disputed, but the general consensus from Mozilla's side is that the icon is a fox, but the name Firefox is actually a red panda. So What's the point? <laughs> Why what? do that? It's got fox in the name. There's a fox as your logo, but it's named after a red panda. What, that just doesn't make any sense. Oh, no, go do some reading. <laughs> Maybe it's just a colloquial name for a red panda. Happy to be challenged on any of these. I did put the, do this under duress over lunch, but <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure these are all right because the quiz that I stole them from looked reputable. <laughs> um, cool. But yeah, that wraps up episode 100 of the Unraveling Technology Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to send us an email, it's podcast at unravelingtechnology.co.uk and always will be. Uh, we've also got Twitter at Unraveling Tech. Until France buys the domain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that Unraveling Tech verified? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> what oh, what, you the, oh, what, you mean the Twitter? Uh, the Twitter handle. No. <laughs> <laughs> what, do we, what do we need to do? Be famous. Uh, yeah, be, be very be famous, I think, yeah. Okay, right. We'll, we'll try harder. Uh, we've got the blog as well, unraveling.technology. And leave us a review on YouTube, not YouTube, on uh, iTunes if you haven't already. Uh, we'll be back same time next week, hopefully. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you to Adam, David, and our special guest, Tim, for being here today. We'll see you soon. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.